Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. All right, Melissa, we are here for a bonus episode. Because... You're singing like me lately. What is this? <laughs> First of all, wait, before we do this, people really thought that my reel that I was like lip singing was me singing. And I was like, I wish. Oh, no. I wish that was my voice. <laughs> so many talents. Don't have that one. <laughs> wasn't me um but today we have a very very special bonus episode about eating during the holidays and I feel like you and I have been talking a lot about tips about the holidays and like how to deal with them as an intuitive eater but honestly like I want to talk about the fun of the holidays like yes I want to talk about our favorite foods (laughs) I want to talk about traditions like we'll talk about some tips but like I want to talk about the nostalgia and just how amazing the holidays are. I mean, like Christmas for me, I celebrate Christmas is literally my most favoritist holiday. It's like, I don't know. It's that feeling. You, you, we, I think we all know what feeling I'm talking about. It's just that, like that waking little up Hallmark Christmas, movie, you magic know, feeling. <laughs> that magic. <laughs> yeah. And I think different people have different relationships with it, but like yeah. this time of year for me, is the break in the middle of the long winter, right? Like yes. right now it's we're at the time of recording, it's starting to get cold. Oh, and like Christmas is that time where I'm like, okay, there's going to be this excitement. There's going to be this delicious food. And that's going to give me the energy to get through the second half of the winter. <laughs> so that's right. it's an important time point right. to try to bring in joy wherever you can. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to break this into into two little parts. One, we're going to talk about our traditional meals and our nostalgia. And two, we're going to talk about some tips that you can take with you throughout the holidays. But really, we're here to talk about the food because we love food and satisfaction is by far one of our favorite um, or one of our most favorite principles of intuitive eating. Um, We both, both love it. But before we start the episode, we are going to break for a little ad. So Mm. this episode is sponsored by Barilla Pasta. And today we will be discussing just how amazing and nutritious pasta itself is. Melissa and I come from families that eat a lot of pasta. I know, I know it's weird because I'm Dominican, but My dad loves, loves, loves pasta, and we always ate so much of it growing up. And of course, my girl Melissa is Italiana (laughs) herself. So during this epi, or episode, I should say, you will hear us dive into the goodness of pasta, and we will teach you some nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope that you enjoy this too, (laughs) Les. Amazing. Um, I also feel like, of course, I don't hope that Italians in proper don't get offended by this. Like being Italian is almost like a way of being. I don't, I, I think there's, yes, there's a geographical origin, but your dad sounds like he has the, the love of food, the qualities around that that are important. Yes. Okay. So 
as we dive into this, we're going to start by thinking about our traditional foods. Um, I actually would love to hear a little bit about growing up, like what was Christmas like for you? What is on the table? Lay the scene for me. Mm. I come over. What happens? Okay. So you come over around 9 p.m. <laughs> late. Oh, late. Party time. Okay. So late. Um, I always joke around that like we go to the other half of your family first and then like my half of the family all gets together around 9 10 o'clock at night. Um, and Dominicans party till around 6 a.m. So my mom is usually around 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, she's giving everybody coffee, she's sobering everybody up, and she's making soup or sancocho or something so that we could all eat it with bread and like soak the alcohol up, chill for a little bit, and then drive home. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody stays up all night. Yes. Are you playing a game? My family would kill each other. How are you? Are you talking this whole time? There's no games. It's dancing. It's it's dancing, dancing, singing, karaoke, um, talking crap, cracking jokes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like literally talking shit on each other. Um, Sharing memories. Like it's literally just like just everybody just together in the living room and the kids are all sleeping on chairs, couches on the floor, on the steps, on beds with jackets on top of them. Like those memes that everybody sees, like that's actual, re- actually real. Like that's <laughs> very how, impressive. Latinos- <laughs> so our family will like, we'll get started probably like seven o'clock and we would stay awake. Like everyone would stay around until midnight and we would watch the Papa, the Pope okay. do the do mass at midnight okay. on the television, okay. on the right. Italian Papa. network. Mm-hmm. And when we were little, we'd be like, we're tired. And, and they'd be like, no, <laughs> we must get to midnight mass. And then you could open your presents. So similar, but like really after the presents are done, everyone's like, bye. Oh, hell no. That's <laughs> when it started it for us. That's oh my gosh. Started. I like so, that energy. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's that's so the scene. energetic. Yeah. That's the scene. And then the table is just full of food. Like we don't sit down to eat like a proper dinner, at least not in my family. Um, when you host the party, all of the food is just on the table and people are just taking it all night, like throughout the night and it's just being replenished. So some of the typical dishes that we have on my table is pelnil. Of course, it's a big um, pork butt, shoulder, whatever. I think it's just shoulder. Pork oh, gosh, I don't even know that. Yeah, it's something. I can't remember what it is. Then we have rice. So okay, have so clearly you're not cooking this. Your mother's cooking this. Migalina. Oh, yeah, I don't do I don't okay. Miguelina does it all. I don't do anything. <laughs> Miguelina hosts Thanksgiving. My tia Tata hosts Christmas Eve. And my tia Vianela hosts uh New Year's Eve. Now, there have been talks about <laughs> the next generation taking over. Are you ready? Soon. I- I'm not ready. And technically, I would have to take over um thanksgiving because i am my mom's only daughter <laughs> um so i just haven't gotten to that point yet okay <laughs> all right that's another mom, episode we can yeah, decompress another that thing. another time i don't but... think she's ready to give it up um but yeah so we have a few different types of rice so we always have the white rice because it's a staple then we always have the arroz con guandules because that's another staple then sometimes the like 
shake it up a little bit and do like some, you know, arroz con vegetales, which is like rice with vegetables or like, you know, my one aunt loves, she, she's like a chef. She just loves to create all new different things. So she'll throw a different rice in there, but we always have a variety. And then something that my family actually does that I don't know if other Dominican family does or do, yeah, if they do it or not, is that we actually have Dominican pasta. Now, if you're Dominican, please comment on this in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I want to know if I'm the only Dominican family that does this but my tia Tata makes the Dominican pasta and everybody is obsessed with it and we all wait for her and she usually is the last person to arrive to the party um she usually anticipation like 11 oh my god she's the oldest of all my mom's siblings and she's always the last one to arrive and we're always waiting for this damn pasta. wait like I'm late all the time for social stuff and I'm the oldest do you think that's a personality like no because I'm, the oldest, but I'm never late Okay. <laughs> wow. In real time, that was debunked, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm never late. I'm like, no. All right. Well, me and, me and Tata would be coming <laughs> in late yeah. with the You pasta. and Tata would be like besties. Uh, but yeah, we're always waiting for her. So Dominican pasta, the way that she makes it is that she adds milk to the tomato sauce. I know it's weird, but it tastes amazing. And the one gripe that I have with it as a dietitian <laughs> mm-hmm. is that they overcook the pasta and we need to talk What's about happening this like it's, it's mush mush it's mushy it's not al dente how it's supposed to be in fact when pasta is cooked al dente or how the italians like to say to the tooth <laughs> you know i went to italy so like nibble, nibble. <laughs> um, it actually has a low glycemic index meaning the pasta delivers a slow release of glucose providing steady energy to the body which we love and we constantly talk about um, not only is this one of the many things i love about pasta but it's also inherently nutritious and enriched pasta contains an excellent source of folate and a good source of fiber and iron plus unlike some other refined grains it doesn't have added sugar fat or sodium. And so that's why I think it's a staple refined grain. Does that make sense? Totally. Has that good staying power. It's the perfect canvas. Like you can get in other nutrient dense foods like veggies, protein, healthy oils. I love it. Exactly. And so when Melissa and I talk about adding nutrition and just why, you know, nutrition is an important part of the intuitive eating process, this is what we're talking about, right? Like not all refined sugar, uh, refined sugars, all refined carbs are created the same, right? It doesn't mean that you can't have all of it. We want to have a variety of everything, but when we're looking at pasta, it gets, you know, a really bad rep. And <laughs> Melissa and I love the pasta, so. I don't think I would have like survived if pasta Look wasn't one. part of my life as a child. I, I was a very picky eater when I was a kid. And really? Yeah. I don't, like like I, don't, I was I afraid of a lot of foods. I know. Um, so if your kids are picky eaters, hey, I have a lot of weird, weird stuff now, all the things. So it does work out, but yeah, like pasta was something that was reliable and my mom knew I would eat it and it would all work out. Okay. And, and you would and get I got tons nutrition. of nutrition. I grew mm-hmm. I hit all my milestones. Yeah. Made all it. right. So tell me about your traditional plates. Okay. So I told you a little bit about the backdrop. My auntie Millie hosts Christmas Eve. And so we go to her house, um, we do a custom called the seven fishes. So we are from Sicily. We're Southern Italian. And this is a tradition where there's some symbolism. I don't even fully know the whole story, but essentially you put How out. How do you seven- not know the story? 
it's, it's, I think there's a significance with the number seven and God okay. and there's, you know, there's. Okay. Okay. Cause I've heard yeah, about this tradition. A lot of my Italian friends do this tradition. Yeah. And so there, I don't think there's like a uh, rap sheet of specific foods you have to have. It's just that seven fishes need to make an appearance. And there are probably about 30 to 40 of us now, between my cousins, my cousin's kids, say with your family, I'm sure it like starts multiplying. So we my have poor like aunt, people. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it gets exponential. And so my aunt is, um, she's amazing. You know, she loves to cook. She wants to do it all by hand, but as mm-hmm. we've grown, she's mm-hmm. like running around like mm-hmm. the chef, but it's amazing. <laughs> we, we come in and there are, there's sometimes bacala, which is salted corn. Bacala. You'll see yeah, calamari. No. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, mm-hmm. calamari mussels, she'll switch it up. And sometimes, uh, oh, she used to do lobsters for what? people. Oh, like there, it, it was just like, so she kind of switches it up, but we usually have the seven fishes sitting as like appetizers. So when you're coming in, you'll eat that there's like regular foods and then it's time to sit at the table. So ooh, I forgot that we also have arancinis, mm, which are the are fried so rice balls. Mm. So good. This reminds so, me of when I lived in Italy. I miss it. I for, where did you live in Italy again? Uh, in Roma, in Trastevere, oh. actually, which oh. is right outside of Rome. Oh, so delicious. We still walk to Rome every day for class. But anyways, this episode isn't about my love of Italy. <laughs> but about your time before, but you get it. Like there was a lot of this, this kind of food to start out and then it's time to move to the table. And my aunt usually makes this beautiful big pan of lasagna and she cuts it up into these squares. And my sisters and I, and my cousins make the assembly line. So she puts it into a bowl. One passes it to the other, to the other, to the other, until you get to the top of the big plate, which I joke looks like Jesus's last supper. It's very, very long table that we're all sitting at. And so we send it down, or maybe the the other um, visual is like the Grinch, you know, in this big long table. (laughs) We're just like setting the lasagna down. And we have lasagna as first course, which is super funny. You know that like lasagna. Oh, primi. Primi, right? Yes, primi. Um, So we'll have that first. And, you know, like the pasta and lasagna has really good staying power. So it's got like the protein, the carb structure of pasta is more slow to break down. Yeah. So by the time you've had your, your appetizers and your lasagna, you're kind of like oh, starting to get that pleasant full feeling. Mm-hmm. But auntie Millie has plans for you because, <laughs> because she's got veal, she's got lamb. We got broccoli, Rob, we got stuffed mushrooms. There's more coming. Oh my God. So it's, it's, an interesting thing because for me it's always balancing like the pleasure of these foods mm-hmm. with the onslaught of these foods and mm-hmm. finding the sweet spot between both um but it is i feel so grateful i've had this experience because yeah. my mom was born here in the states my mm-hmm. aunt came here when she was 3 so like i feel like i'm as we grow older i'm a little bit more removed from the italian culture yeah but- yeah as a kid and growing up and being around them, they gave me a little bit of a taste of that. Yeah. So it's cool to have had that experience for sure. Yes. Yes. And it's important to like, I think as I always talk about, keep those traditions alive. Like, yeah, I'm first generation. Yeah. I, my parents came here and we have a lot of the traditions that are coming straight from the Dominican Republic, but I want to make sure that my kids, they're going to be second generation like you. Mm-hmm 
keep these traditions. Like I, I totally want, plan to. you know, you know, I, we have a group text with my cousins on like how we are going to continue this for our children because growing up the holidays were the best part of our year and I want to make sure that my kids still have that with all of their cousins because there's so many more now (laughs) sounds like it got a whole crew for me I don't know if I can do all the things my aunt did because it's like superhuman I honestly it's like Italian women have this uh, this center of energy around making food that is mm-hmm. uh, it's just I can't repeat I that know. myself but for me I because of um COVID last year we didn't do the big yeah. thing yeah I know my immediate family just got together and I was hosting and I'm like what do I want to take so I did a version of the seven fishes mm-hmm. and I started us off with with lasagna because <laughs> those are the two things <laughs> like for me those were I don't know. That just felt like the thing that we want to carry on. Of course, over the years, we'll transform and make things their own. My husband has traditions that are going to weave mm-hmm. in, but yeah, I don't know. It's cool to think about like, what did you like from your childhood? What gave yeah. you joy? Leave yeah. the rest behind. You know, you don't yep. need to take all of it. Yep, <laughs> that's what I'm taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really want to now dive into like tips, right? To handle the holidays and protect the joy. Like and that's protect, what this is about. Yeah, protect the joy. And I think the first thing that we want to talk about is how to handle boundaries. You know, I think that, you know, it's interesting because you said like, it's a fine line because um, you love the food so much. Right. And some of the boundaries we have to set are around sometimes even our fullness mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that we are comfortable and don't overdo it. But as we all know, having this conversation, it's really hard when Millie <laughs> is bringing okay. all the food out. Let me explain though the vibe because remember she works so hard. Like yeah. she has been spending all week preparing food and her attitude is like, manja, manja. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Uh, this is my literal blood, sweat, yeah. tears, time, yeah. money. Mm-hmm. You're done. Yeah. And it's, it is, it can be kind of a tense thing within. Cause you're like, I appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm at my limit. Like, so yeah, yeah. I definitely had to learn how to be okay with like not people pleasing in that regard. I don't okay. know if other people struggle with that. Like wanting to make other people happy or, you know, wanting to, say yes, because you know, somebody worked hard at the food, but that was something I definitely had to work on to honor my fullness during the Yeah. And I think that for us in like your scenario and like how your family works and how my family works is so different because our food is all laid out at once. Like we're not all sitting down having the food passed down. (laughs) So for me, it's a lot easier to walk away and come back. Right. I feel like if you are in a family setting where the food is just all at the table, everybody's sitting and having food at the same time, it could be so difficult to walk away and say I'm full. But for me and for my family, because the food is there all night, like literally till 6 a.m., we can come back. Right. So some of the boundaries I teach, right, the chulas that I work with, because from my understanding, a lot of the at least everybody that I speak to, a lot of us are eating, at least in the Latinx community in this way where the food is all on the table. Um, we're able to come back and forth, right? So I'm able to say like, I'm going to have that spaghetti first because that's usually what I have first. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. That's usually the first dish that I try because it only comes like once a year. Like the whole sip and need all of that. We're You're excited that about it, yeah. Year, right? So 
Um, but I can say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dance a few songs, come back, have something else, dance Work a little it, bit come more, back. come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we can do that. So it's a lot easier for us to set boundaries and say, well, I'm going to come back for it. Right. And also because we have all night, yeah. we literally have six, seven hours to eat. That's such um, a good point to think about though. Like before you even say, I'm going to listen to my fullness, think about how is the food served for us? There is sometimes a traffic jam with the food, right? Like mm-hmm. someone's serving themselves and the next person's like, I want to pass this up. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the culture of our table is so fast, fast, fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, you're just like throwing stuff on your plate yeah, because yeah. you just want to like keep it moving or make someone yeah. happy. And then all of a sudden, yeah. oops, is this for everyone yeah. else? Or is it for me? Yeah. And I think in that scenario, I would say, take a little bit, like less is more in that scenario, because you could always come back for more of the things that you like. Right. So a simple boundary would be putting the food on your plate, but not putting enough that might like over, if you know that it's going to be like the lasagna, for instance, like maybe Mm -hmm. just putting like half of it or like a quarter of it so that they see that it's on your plate but it's not so much that you're not going to be able to enjoy everything else. And then you can come back for the stuff that you really truly. Yeah, but it's Lena. She's serving us the lasagna. Okay. So like then what are you, what are you doing, Melissa? So, so are, first of all, your, your tip for this one, then I prioritize <laughs> that. I love the lasagna. Okay. So, she <laughs> so for me, the lasagna. when she, when she serves that big old piece of lasagna, um, I know I want to eat that whole thing. Cause I really love it. And okay. so I more so am thinking about, well, everything else that comes after is like not that special and important to me. It's like, like I said, the seven fishes appetizer and the lasagna are like my satisfaction. So I more so like in that instance, eat what's there, eat what makes me feel good. And then as the rest of it comes, I'm trying to be more mindful around that, that part. Okay. So that's your boundary. but someone else might take that differently. Yeah, like if yeah. the lasagna is less of a deal for you and you can't yeah. wait for the next, yeah, you can flip-flop that. Yeah, and it's prioritizing what you want to eat over, because you could always say no, and you could mm-hmm. always say, and this is what I always tell everyone, you could always say, I'm not going to have it at this moment, but I'm going to come back for it in a little bit. And that makes the chef, Aunt Millie, not feel like her food is not good enough, that her twat, her twat. <laughs> and tears or twat and tears twat and sears <laughs> there you're, you're still gonna eat it but like i just feel like you have a little bit of time compared to like i also how say many something kind of have. radical i want to say something oh, radical i love my auntie millie but i also feel like at the end of the day i am not responsible for her feelings well, and so true. there is a part there's a balance here like yes Maybe I take things to make her happy and that works for me. But yeah. also I'm allowed to not take food because I don't exactly. want to take food. And so yeah. over the years, like if she kind of gets a little gruff about that, it's not personal. I show her love in other ways and that's, yeah. that's part of it too. So I think everyone can decide for themselves. Like, yeah. how do you do this dance with these people in your life that you ultimately just need to walk away feeling your best. And I kind of exactly. toggle between people pleasing and saying I can't control how you feel (laughs) exactly and and honestly at the end of the day you could always say I'm taking it home Mm -hmm. for tomorrow right and that helps with the people pleasing as well because as long as they know that you're taking the food and that you're going to eat it they're happy Mm -hmm. right and I always say too like if you tell them like, listen, if I eat more, I am going to be uncomfortable. I am going to have a stomach ache and I'm not going to be able to enjoy the rest of this party with you. 
it's so much easier for them to understand that. What would you prefer? (laughs) Yes. And and that's a little easier for them to understand, right? Because they don't want you to be uncomfortable for from their food. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the way that I see it, but two different scenarios, two very different families. And that's okay. That's okay. It's it's okay. Cause we might have to go through a lot of these different scenarios, depending on what houses you're going to. So it's true. A a little bit of a, a little tips for you. Um, so the last thing that we kind of want to finish on before we wrap up is kind of like how to help with sometimes I feel like people feel like they binge during the holidays because these foods come only during this time. And it feels like there's some scarcity last supper kind of, um, you know, scenarios going on. So what, what do you tell your no more guilt group? Well, first is to check that, that mindset. So for example, like lasagna, um, amazing, pretty available. You know, it's not that difficult to make. You can purchase it frozen. It's available at restaurants. Um, it's definitely an effort to make it 100% from scratch and maybe Auntie Millie's is a particular kind, but sometimes just checking, like, is this really the last time that I can have this food? do I love this food enough that I want to include it more often into my life? You know, sometimes just double checking that, like validating that message in your brain, especially if you've been dieting a long time, diets might've said lasagna was off limits, but now Mm -hmm. that you're in more of a food freedom journey, maybe that's not true anymore. And the holidays could be a great way for you to like infuse your favorites more regularly. So that's step one, but truth be told, there are certain foods in the holidays that actually only come around on the holidays. Mm-hmm. So um, like I'm thinking some of the seafood like um, that that gets made, like, I don't know, that is less available or I might not mm-hmm. go purchase that. And so for that, I think employing the satisfaction skills and saying like, yeah. if I'm going to have it, how do I want to have it? Do I want to have it rushed? Do I want to have it with guilt? Do I want to mm-hmm. have it slowly and with joy? Like recognizing that and really soaking it in often helps people to get the most out of it. Yeah. And I would say to add to that, um, again, it might be only during the holidays that day, but you can enjoy it for a few weeks, a few days, even afterwards. So taking leftovers, I know for us, we call it pasteles en hojas. I know, um, other countries call them tamales. I know there's like this cute infographic I shared last last um, December that showed like what every country in like Latin America and the Caribbean call this particular dish, which is just like the wrap. It's wrapped in banana leaves or plantain leaves. Um, and so, and it's usually made with different, you know, different ingredients. But like in the Dominican Republic, we usually use like platano to make it and it's delicious. And honestly, People only make it during the holidays. And, but the beauty is that you can buy it frozen. Like we know so many women that during the holiday, they start like now in November and they will make it and they're frozen. So we have them in the freezer the whole entire season and we could have them all of the time and enjoy it, right? So thinking about it that way, like, yes, it's only during this season, but the season is long. And you don't have to, you don't have to squeeze it all into one day. You could enjoy it multiple days. And when you open up (laughs) your eyes to that, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Just a general mentality of like, if I really want it, I can pursue it. (laughs) Like, and that might take a little effort. Like you're saying, you might need to go find it or freeze it or whatever. 
But if this is something that's important to you, you can prioritize that and choose it in your life because diets aren't going to come in and steal these moments from you anymore. So I love the idea of freezing. Um, I always take some lasagna to freeze for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So that concludes holiday our very official discussion on our you know, foods of the holiday you know it's it's quick to the point you know super straightforward we had lots of fun recording it we talked a lot about our traditions so we want to hear about your traditions like let's light up this comment section <laughs> <laughs> definitely or dm us yes so we can yes. share i want to share the joy we've had a rough two years it's true and yes, being able to come Brace into these here, situations. Hey, Brayson, our third, <laughs> our third member. Yes. He's always here. <laughs> he's always sneaking around in the corners. And he's, Melissa's always watching him in the background. <laughs> Bryce and I have become good friends yes. through the way through this recording. <laughs> but yeah, guys, like if you um, feel inspired from this episode, I would say some takeaways are to think about I love the point you made, Delina. Like, think about the environment of food that you're going to be in. Is it I get to walk up and choose, or you get the train of food coming, like at Auntie Millie's table? That might mean different strategies for checking in with your fullness. And the other takeaway, I think, is like, love your favorite foods. Find ways to have them more often so there isn't that scarcity, so you can enjoy without feeling full and stay in the satisfaction space. I think that's a wrap for today. Uh, We want to thank you for being here and for being who you are. If you are taking benefit from our episodes, please let us know with a comment um, in the, in the rating section. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we're going to be taking a brief break. We're sharing some um, reposts of episodes, but we're going to be back in January with more support to help you avoid diet culture in the new year. Yes. So peace, love, and break the diet cycle.